Welcome to another episode of Playing Injured. I am sitting here with Mark Tullius. He is a highly rated author, podcasting host. He's also a former MMA fighter, uh, Ivy League football player, and um, just a lot of interesting projects that he's working on. So, uh, Mark, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited, too. I, I think it's no better way. Um, obviously, we're recording this on a Friday. I think it's no better way uh, to kind of spend a Friday evening and kind of dive deep and unpack somebody's story and um, how they became the person that they are today. So we'd love to hear from you. Who are you today? Um, you have a ton of interesting projects. And when I found you, I was like, this guy is super interesting. We'd love for you to tell the folks uh, a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and you know, just on that real quick, learning someone else's story, I realized that is such a rewarding thing. Like totally. just me- meeting someone new, but actually getting to understand who they are and where they came from. That- that's what I realized when I did, I did a project called Unlocking the Cage, where I went around the country and I interviewed MMA fighters, mm-hmm. trying to understand who they were and why they fought. Uh, because I was trying to figure out why I fought. I couldn't understand why I had tried fighting after graduating from college. Um, I did professional boxing too, with no amateur experience. I, I, and both of these, like MMA and boxing, I wasn't a good fighter. I was a tough fighter. Um, so that means I took a lot of damage. Uh, <laughs> but in, in the course of doing these interviews, I would get so excited. Uh, it, it was tough because, dude, I, I went to 100 gyms in 23 states. Uh, wow. Away from my little daughter for like three weeks at a time sometimes. And uh, it was tough. But every interview is what motivated me to get to the next one because I just heard someone's story. They shared everything with me. You know, I got to hear like how they were as a kid and something that was really traumatic and, you know, whatever it was and why they were happy. And so it kind of gave me a little blueprint too i'm like okay this person wasn't happy because they did all these kinds of things you know and this person's successful so like you know i interviewed dominic cruz and and so many big name guys and then guys that were just starting out guys that had a lot of fights and so being able to hear someone else's story i think is pretty incredible and i think just more people should do that in you know Talk to a stranger if they're wearing a mask, I guess. Totally. <laughs> it's not as easy as today. That's kind of what I miss. So this is a crazy outlet for me. So I would love to hear what was like one of the, the top lessons that you learned from talking to all those people. And um, if you can pinpoint one, is it a common theme or what, what was that? It was hard to. Well, what I realized was everyone had their combinations of reasons for fighting. Um, you know, and, and I saw lots of my reasons. I was able to relate to a lot of guys that had my similar reasons and they also weren't very good. And they were doing it more from like an ego standpoint. Like I needed to prove to myself, you know, I wanted to be a man. I wanted, you know, there was a lot of, it just wasn't the right reason. So, but there were some guys that were just super competitive, you know, they'd gone through wrestling and here's another Avenue and, um, you know, a lot of different reasons why people would fight, Uh, you know, some were just looking at it as a career, um, some as an art, maybe they did martial arts their whole life, but I definitely, I don't think I was looking for some fame. I had wanted to be a professional football player. You know, I wanted, I wanted to be in the spotlight. I wanted to make money. I didn't want to work. And, um, so there was a lot of that going on, but, um, as far as 
seeing who they were as people. I mean, that I think that interested me a lot more, you know, and that that's what kept me going. Um, so yeah, no, it was it, it was a good experience, and I told myself that I was never going to write another nonfiction book. You know, my right. my passion is. Um, fiction and unlocking the cage really slowed down everything. I had to put the stuff on hold. Um, and so I swore I would never do it again, but now I'm doing it again with a book on traumatic brain injury. Uh, so like, I'm still getting all my fiction done, but I'm also working on this. I'm improving my brain. I'm, you know, I, I think it's a super important message. So that's why I was like, okay, even though I don't want to do it, I'd much rather write fiction. This is something important that could, you know, I have, I've had so many friends reach out to me that, uh, you know, have troubles, you know, brain trouble, uh, not knowing what's going on with their life and at the end of their rope and reaching out to me. And that's what really got me to commit to the book, too. Totally. And I love that. And it, we, we're definitely going to touch on that later on, later on in the podcast. But I guess um, that's super inspiring to me because the reason one of the main reasons why I love interviewing folks and talking about playing injured and going through pain, going through adversity is what actually gets us through it. So I thought that was super, you know, super interesting to hear like, Hey, you've interviewed all these people and they all had different reasons on why they went through that pain because MMA is a tough sport, not just in the ring when everybody sees it, but on a day-to-day basis training, I've seen people cut and lose 20 pounds in a week and, and do crazy things like that. So that I've always wondered why people do it. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So I guess we would love to hear from you. Obviously you do some, some horror uh, writing. Obviously we got Halloween coming around the corner. Um, and you also do um, heavy metal. You talk about heavy metal. You do this and it's outlandish. A lot of people, it's, it's a lot of people would be kind of scared to do what you do. Right. Would love to hear what are some things that hold hold people back from truly being themselves and kind of just, Hey, this is who I am. And I want to show the world this and, and do it in my way. You know, that is, it's a super hard thing. It's something I've really tried to break through, uh, just getting on camera. That is tough. You know, uh, when I was doing the interviews for unlock in the cage, I would never be in the shot. I, you know, I hated my voice. I didn't want my voice on it. I didn't want my face on it. Um, you know, and so it was, it was a lot of just trying to get over it and just like, you know what, this is what I am. So one of my big problems was worrying about what other people think, mm. you know, it was like, okay. And one thing that's helped me a lot with that too is book reviews, because I have fans that love my writing, you know, they'll say best thing ever. And it's hard for me to believe that because I have so low self-esteem and perfectionist, all these other issues. But it, reading those things, but then you also get one star reviews where people say you're garbage and yep. everything else. And so you have to develop a thick skin and then you realize, you know what? It doesn't matter what someone else thinks. Like, honestly, everyone has their own opinions. There's there are books that I like that no one else does. There's music I like that no one else does. Um, so being confident and just being like t- saying, hey, this is who I am, you know, mm-hmm. um, if they, if they like you, cool. If they don't like you also cool, whatever, you know? So, um, that's one of the big things. Uh, but yeah, getting over the self doubt is huge. Yeah. Uh, just in, and realizing if you have a message, if you have a good product, if you have something that would give, improve someone else's life, it's almost like an obligation to share it. Yes. You know, it's like if you just hold on to it, like 
you're not serving anybody. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping anyone else. And so just kind of getting, looking at why you've been like, I've done a lot of Uh self-sabotage. That's been one of my big things. I had a, we talked off air earlier, but I had a podcast of hundred and something episodes and I completely shut it down without a word Uh, or unlocking the cage right before it released. Um, That's when an author should be doing all their social media posts. They should be blasting it. They should be doing all this. I completely shut everything down. No social media for like three months. I was like, so I, I pretty much guaranteed I wouldn't have a good launch. And right. it was, you know, I, the self-doubt and fear of failure. And, you know, I was also going through a depression at the time. And so it was a lot of different things. But um, man, now I'm like, no, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to do what I love. And, you know, and pretty soon I'm going to be starting to teach classes, too, um, to help other people share stories and I realize just how healing writing is. Um, you know, even if it's my scary stuff that is dealing with my fear of death or it's nonfiction or whatever, but I've realized the power of writing. My, my writing mentor, um, Tom Spanbauer, I went to his class called Dangerous Writing, and it was a week-long course, and this is like seven, eight years ago, and everyone in that course had this major emotional breakthrough including myself, like I was up the entire night one night, uh, probably for like six hours just crying and writing about something I thought I was completely over. You know, I was like, oh, well, that's not in my past. I don't even need to write about that thing. But just the act of writing it, man, like it, it helped me deal with so much guilt and frustration, all this stuff that I buried that was still weighing on me, even though I didn't know it. And so that's the kind of stuff I'm going to be teaching in my class and passing on to people because I know it can, it can heal them. A hundred percent. I like what you said. You said at first you were like, Hey, I was focusing on the negative, what other people think, what other people say. And then you're like, okay, but I can also help and add value to people. And so you chose to focus on the positive instead of the negative while acting. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, uh, especially in the social media world, we post something um, or we have a message. We worry about what people are going to say in a negative way instead of focusing on like, who can this help? And when you think about that, I think it helps with um, with public speaking as well. If you have a message that can truly help people, you focus on how it can help. And so I love how you kind of split that up. So I, I guess how did you get out of that? Um, you said, hey, you shut everything down. You got off social media. You went through this depression. How did you, what were kind of the steps you took to get out of that? Um, a lot of it was probably the things I, I was doing for my brain. Right. Um, so when I started realizing that I did have traumatic brain injuries and I, because, dude, I was telling myself, oh, I'm completely fine. My wife is telling me, oh, you're completely <laughs> fine. Everyone told me I'm completely right. fine. Like on brain games, I would score high and whatever else. So it never seemed like it was a big deal, but it wasn't until one of my friends warned me, he's like, Hey man, he's like, maybe you should do some research on traumatic brain injuries because you're getting your ass kicked by these guys that are half your age and three times as good. And and I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. But dude, I was was sparring with like Fabricio Verdum and all these, you know, heavyweight champion. I used to, so I've had so much, and I never, I never realized just how bad I was. So it wasn't until I started doing treatments that I realized, oh my God, like 
I was that bad. Um, one of the big things I did was get my hormones regulated. Mm. I saw a podcast on Joe Rogan, yep. uh, 1056. It was uh, Dr. Gordon. And it was about military vet. And I didn't want to watch it, but I had three friends sent to me. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And he was talking about PTSD and traumatic brain injuries and how there's such an overlap. And, you know, it's all about the hormones. So I contacted him. I started uh, getting treatment from his daughter. And two weeks, it was only two weeks after starting the supplements. I was in the backyard and all of a sudden, man, I, I just started crying. I was like, I had no, I was crying because I didn't realize how bad I'd been mm. because now I had an absence. Uh, you know, I no longer had this high level of irritability. I no longer had this high level of aggression. Um, you know, the depression, all these other things. I wasn't even aware, like, cause that was my normal. So I thought I was fine. But so it wasn't until I kind of got rid of some of that stuff. That I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I was functioning like that. Wow. And, uh, you know, and then another key factor is uh, behavioral therapy. Um, I'd only gone to a therapist maybe once before. And that's where I learned, like I was a perfectionist and learning that about myself was okay. But it wasn't until I did this therapy for like a year where I kind of realized like, okay, this is why I'm so dark. Here are some issues. This is, you know, so dealing with the the functional side of it the the hormones uh making sure everything was good there dealing with the behavioral stuff the actually examining your mind and then the last thing i've done is uh, a special form of nuca uh, of chiropractic called nuca which focuses on your atlas uh very specialized and that's made a big difference and neurofeedback has probably been the biggest difference where they're actually working on different parts of your brain um because we found out that because of all my concussions, I wasn't getting deep sleep for years. Wow. Uh, and so you got these just, concussions through football, football and football. Yeah, I, I've been knocked unconscious uh, eight times. And that doesn't even include like all the real, you know, all these other concussions where, you know, walking back to the huddle, the wrong huddle or or just not knowing where you are or. So, yeah, I ha I've had there were two times where I lost about 15 minutes of time where I saw the punch coming. And the next thing I know, I'm outside the ring talking to my coach. I'm like, hey, I, I'm so sorry. And he's like, what are you sorry about it? I was like, well, I couldn't finish. I was, I was like, I got hit in the first round. I, I, that's the first time I've, that's ever happened where I couldn't finish sparring. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you did four rounds. Whoa. He's like, those were some of your best rounds ever. So and and again, after a fight, my last MMA fight. I got knocked out, but the last thing I remember was taking a hit, but I, I went on to fight like two more minutes and I was never like fully knocked out. I walked to the locker room. I was in a conversation with everyone. And then I woke up, like I went from seeing that punch to talking and everyone's looking at me scared and like, Hey, we're about to take you to the hospital because it's the sixth time you asked that same sentence, you know? So, um, so a lot of concussions I had, Crashed my car 70 miles per hour into a center divider, um, you know, motorcycle accidents. Like I've, I've abused my brain. Uh, that so, is crazy, uh, man. That is crazy. And so you, you were yeah. saying like you haven't had real sleep in. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, I would get the, I would get, you know, maybe seven or eight hours of sleep, but my brain just wouldn't go into, a, I believe it's the Delta. Um, I forget what it is exactly, but the certain waves wouldn't fire. So I wasn't getting deep like sleep. rim uh, rim sleep. I think they got, yeah. Yeah. And that's where, that's where your body removes all the waste in the brain, like the beta amyloid and the tau protein, which is, that's what accumulates and causes a lot of the damage. Mm. 
um, and you'll see that in Alzheimer patients and people with dementia. So 100%, if I didn't take these steps, I would, you know, shit, who knows when it would happen, but it, it, I would be facing a pretty ugly future. Um, and I've made peace thinking like it still might happen, who knows, but I think I've really improved my chances. And the other nice thing is, um, you know, I, I've done all this damage to myself, but that's why I want other people to see like, okay, you know, maybe you've had a couple concussions and you're worried. It's like, well, look at me. Like I've had a ton and you know, this is the best I've ever felt in my life. Mm. This is the healthiest I've ever been, the happiest I've ever been. So, you know, to be at 48 and feeling like that, like I, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. I love it. And so, man, it's so many people who, you know, who have a healthy brain, but they still can't seem to do the things that they want to do and live so freely like you do. And so that's, I mean, I'm like, man, how did you go from, Hey, you actually were aware of something that happened to you. Like you found awareness. You had to be aware of what happened. So you had to get help and then acting on that. And then now you're able to live freely. I feel like it's so many people who still need help and have problems and aware and they need to be aware of their own problems that they're having and they haven't. Yeah. A lot of people I think want to, and they may not want to be victims, but they just feel like, you know, they're a victim of their circumstance. Um, and that's what I've had. I've had this talk with a lot of people about being in COVID and I feel bad. Like I've been incredibly fortunate. I, I don't, I, I'm able to be at home, so it hasn't really affected my life, but honestly, okay, if you're going to be stuck in this situation, you can either be pissed off about it and say it's no fair and look at what I lost. I didn't get to graduate. And, you know, you could, you could have all this pity for yourself or be like, okay, here's the situation. So let's do this and let's, you know, let's go online and let's make money this way. And let's do, you know, not to say it's easy, but it's really a choice. Either you're going to, you know, stay where you are. If you want to, if you want to stay where you are and live the rest of your life like this, and I, I don't want to have those kinds of regrets. I don't want to, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, being like, man, I could have been a bestseller if I had tried harder. I could have done this. Or I could have done that. Or I should have like, no, like if I want to do something, then let's go do it. Let's, let's give it our best shot. You know? And that's what I'm trying to teach my kids. Yeah. Too. I was like, look, you know, daddy, daddy's been working really hard, you know, because this is what he's shooting for. You know, this is what he's building. This is what, you know, I want to be able to show him like, Hey, this is what can happen if you really persevere and despite, you know, I haven't broken out yet, but I'm going to because of my mindset. Totally. You know, hopefully. Totally. If I don't, <laughs> I'm still happy doing it. You know, I'm still happy meeting people like you. I'm still happy sharing my story. I'm happy creating my stories, you know. So, and that's my overall philosophy, man. If you could go through each day and you're happy at that day and you do that every day, then that means you had a happy life. 100%. You know, so. Like, that's what, uh, that's what I remind myself. It's not about, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen next week. It's like, I worry about today, knowing that I could die today, knowing my kids could die today, my wife could die today. So let's just make it a better day and tell them I love them and, you know, do as much as I can. Totally. And like you said, and that's what I found out. Every excuse that, that you can give yourself, you can give yourself an excuse why you can do it. Right. I remember people being at home like, oh, I'm at home, so I can't work out. I can't go to the gym. It's like, no. You can work out even you could be even more consistent now because you don't have to go anywhere. It's always something else that you can pick of just your perspective on what we're going through right now. And nobody thought it would be this long. 
I remember we all thought this was a two week thing <laughs> and a three week thing. And then it's a month. And then now nine months, 10 months later, we're still in it. And so it's, how, it's like, hey, how can we shift our perspective? Right. Mm-hmm. Shift. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah, because this is I mean, it can be super depressing man. just just the situation alone, even if nothing else changed, like not seeing friends like there's so many factors that could cause someone to really struggle. But they could also you know, there's so many things that you could, you could realize, okay, I shouldn't be looking at social media so much because that kind of, that's distracting me or it's causing me to feel negative. I'm not going to watch the news because I know that's terrible for me. You know, I am going to do this. I am going to go outside and get 15 minutes of fresh air. I am going to go exercise. I am going to. So, I mean, there, there is so much that you can, yeah, make that choice. Like, okay, Am I going to improve today? Am I not? You know, every morning I write down my list of all the things I need to, or I really want to get to, you know, maybe I won't get them all, but like, I'm going to get a little bit of exercise. I'm going to get some time with my family. I'm going to improve my business a little bit, you know? So I don't know. I think, I think that's a good thing to remember. Like, okay, have a list and then check it off. And like, yeah, I did that. I, I, I accomplished something today. Maybe it wasn't huge, but it was something. Totally. Totally. So I love, I always love winding down like this, right? And me, uh, my, my co-host, um, and he interviews people as well. We kind of interview people separately. We always finish by asking our guests, um, what does the world need more of, right? What would you say? I would say, I would say love and understanding, man. Um, this is something I see with my own family, just with, with everyone, like the inability to understand someone else's viewpoint, you know, or the unwillingness to understand it or to think less of them because they have a different idea. Like it, it would be ridiculous for me to judge you yeah, because we haven't had the same circumstances. I don't know what you need or want or how you're raised or what your parents taught you or all these different things. So I'm not going to judge you how you interpret politics yep. or how you look at this or or race, whatever it is. But I think nowadays everyone's like, if you don't see things the way I see, then I'm not even going to talk to you. Or, you know, it's like, no, man, like if we start treating people like humans, uh, I I think that would probably help the most. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And to be honest with you, man, me and you, the, the, the way it's so crazy because I saw you and I was like, this guy is so interesting and I really want to, I understand him, but Hey, you love heavy metal. I love hip hop. You you enjoy horror films. I'm scared of them. I can't do it. I get scared. <laughs> but it's just, hey, we can still connect and have a great conversation and understand each other. And um, I think it can continue to move the world forward um, by understanding each other and really showing love and helping one another. It's so amazing, man. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Dude, this is like, this pumps me up. I mean, 100%. even if... Even if I was just finding out about you, I, I've I've taken it up and I, I feel bad. Maybe I'll have you on my podcast. Totally. We'll we'll do we'll have you on my podcast totally. so I know you more. But dude, now I'm excited. I'm like I'm just feeling better. Yes. Right? So you feel better, and every time just getting to connect with people, I think that's that's one thing that people don't understand is that a deep conversation and really getting to understand somebody um, is just so fulfilling. It's so fulfilling. Sure. So uh, I love it. Where can uh, where can people find your work? Um, would love to to point them in the right direction. Um, I know you have a website as well. So you know, tell the folks where they can find your work. 
Yeah, um, all my stuff is on Amazon. I have tons of audiobooks out. A lot of them are on sale. Everything is probably easiest just to go to my website, marktulius.com. M-A-R-K-T-U-L-L-I-U-S. Totally. I'll put that in the footnotes. I'll put that in the footnotes as well. Yeah, I have all my social medias there. Everything's there. So, yeah, that'd be a good place to connect. I always enjoy talking with people, meeting new people. So, yeah. Totally, Mark. Man, this is great. Um, definitely, like I said, man, no better way to, to, to use my Friday night. So I definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. This has been fun. Appreciate it.